2022 was a year full of stories. Stories about traditions, cookbooks, and food pioneers. As we each shared memories and history about the people, places, and events that inspire the way we eat and how we talk to each other about food and all the other things that matter. As we prepare to welcome in a new year in 2023, we are taking a moment to reflect and share some of our favorite memories and moments in 2022. Welcome to As We Eat, where we explore the intersection of food, family, history, and culture. We think there's something magical that happens when people get together and share food. Conversations seem to happen a little more naturally. We talk about our commonalities and our differences. We share stories, memories, and recipes. And we'll use food to take a journey that explores our human experience. Share some fun facts and some that aren't so fun. Talk about food history and how food connects and defines us. So if you've ever eaten, prepared, or shared food, then this podcast probably has something for you. How's it going, Lay? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. We have a winter wonderland happening outside. Mm. I'm definitely feeling cozy and looking towards the end of the year. I love that moment to reflect on what the year has brought and what I'm going to look forward to in the next year. Oh, I so agree with that. We also have a winter wonderland. I think our winter wonderland is a bit colder than your winter wonderland. And I often forget that it's much colder over here in Montana, but beautiful, gorgeous. We have probably seven, eight inches of snow and we can see where the deer have come up to the house and it's just really been lovely. Yeah. I can see the tracks of the Amazon delivery guy in the snow. It's a really (laughs) warm, happy sight to see. We do get some wildlife in our backyard, but it's more like the opossum, raccoon, and local neighborhood cat variety. So (laughs) I am envious of your deer, your (laughs) idyllic deer. It is actually one of those really cool things to be able to look out the window and see that there's other critters out there besides just us. It's true. It is true. 2022 was a big year for As We Eat, for both of us personally and for the world at large. Sometimes I catch myself thinking about world and personal events that happened earlier this year, like in February or March, and it seems like it happened years, not months ago. I suppose that speaks to the significance of memory, too, and how some memories, like baking cookies with your grandma, can feel like yesterday, while something from last week or last month can feel fuzzy and unreal. I think it's safe to say that we are both memory makers and memory keepers, like, and part of that making and keeping memories is to... Well, remember them. Let's look back at some of the 20 episodes that we created for As We Eat and talk about what they meant to us. My goodness, we've had a big year. We have. We've gone from expiration dates to dumplings to sugar skulls. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of things this year. What are some of your favorite episodes? If I were to choose my top five episodes this year, I'd have to say that episode 45, Cookbooks, Guardians of Culture and Cuisine, and episode 37, From the Kitchen to the Voting Booth, Suffrage for Women and Community Cookbooks, were probably my two favorite cookbook episodes. As you know, I'm a huge fan of cookbooks. My library literally is mostly (laughs) 94.6% cookbooks. And especially vintage cookbooks. I don't think that, especially when it comes to vintage cookbooks, I don't think that we give them enough credit as pieces of literature. 
Mm-hmm. And I plan on helping to fix that marginalization of these little pieces of history. Cookbooks give us a glimpse into both the economic and social happenings within an era, a region, or a community. Many of the earlier cookbooks were written by men. You know, though women were the primary cooks within the house, men tended to be the chefs for kings and queens and lords and ladies, and ultimately got to write the books about this domestic activity. But community cookbooks specifically gave voice to so many women who had no other avenue for self-expression. And we talk about this at length in episode 37. They're a timestamp of a specific era. They give voice where none was given before. And most importantly, they're curated memories of a community in the form of food. My third, fourth, and fifth favorite episodes were the episodes that we did about dumplings around the world. It was such a fun series for us to put together. I know I learned so much about this humble dish when we were researching these episodes. It's a dish that is shared across cultures with hundreds of ethnic versions, but ultimately it has the same foundation. And then I do have a bonus episode. It's from our What's in the Pantry series, and it was about food labeling. And that was episode 35. And it really came in handy when I was discussing food waste with family and friends. And specifically about these people who were like, oh my God, it's expired. I must throw it away. So I had the ammunition to actually talk about what these dates really do and don't mean. And I just thought it was a great way to talk about food waste in our culture and kind of help to educate people about the food that they have on their shelves, specifically shelf-stable foods, and that you don't really need to throw those olives away that allegedly expired a month ago. Yeah, you know, that episode brought up the same kinds of conversations in my own family. And we don't share table all that often anymore. We live in very disparate parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And my sister actually reached out to me and she's like, hey, I remember you folks did this episode on food labeling and expiration dates. And what do you think is this thing that says best buy this date, is it, and it's a month or two later, can I still eat it? Is it still good? And so it really did prompt these conversations about food waste and why are we letting things go and how are we letting them go? Are we putting them in compost? Are we putting them in just municipal trash? And this is a conversation obviously we're going to need to keep having not only on as we eat, but also in our homes because we do generate, I remember from the episode, it's insane the amount of waste that is actually produced by the average household because of confusion. Exactly. I have to agree with a lot of what you you picked out of being some of your favorites for 2022 because they're my favorites too. One of our most popular episodes that you've mentioned already, episode 45, Cookbooks as the Guardians of Cuisine and Culture, was a big one for me because we talked about not only the history of cookbooks, but how they play a significant role in our kitchens, at our family meals, and ultimately in the communities because they not only provide instruction, but they also provide inspiration And that was something I had a good time exploring in my own cookbook collection. I I love looking at it and thinking, that's a book that I use when I need to know how to make a thing. That's a book that I go to when I want to aspire to try something new or think of all the things I could be making if I only had the time and the resources. And that these cookbooks do fill up multiple roles in our lives, Mm -hmm. in our bookshelves. And so I'm really excited 
because the purpose and cultural significance of cookbooks and recipe writing is such a rich topic that as we eat, we'll be producing a limited series exploring cookbooks, some ancient, some modern, that have impacted how we approach food. So you can look forward to that in 2023. I can't wait to explore this with you, Leigh. I'm excited about our next season as well. In that vein, I really loved researching and storytelling in the two episodes honoring Women's History Month, Mm. both episodes 36, Feminism at the Kitchen Counter, and episode 37, From the Kitchen to the Voting Booth. And as you remember, (laughs) we examined the history of the American suffragist movement, discovered the role of cooking and cookbooks to successfully win the right for vote for women in the United States, although it took about half a century to get there. Mm-hmm. And we also discovered early efforts by the U.S. government to quantify and qualify work done in the home through time use studies. And I bring this up in casual conversation now. Everyone loves inviting me to parties and hearing about time use studies and kitchen designs. It's a good time. It's a good time. Invite me over. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to our As We Eat friends and family, we answered more than a few questions about the tradition of fisherman stew in episode 39 the infamous history of the black and white cookie in episode 44, tangled tales of jams, jellies, marmalades, and curds in episode 46, and our delightful three-part series on dumplings in episodes 48, 49, and 50. For me, fisherman's stew and dumplings I found particularly illuminating because it really laid out and unveiled for me the many ways in which food and food traditions have been moved around the world by people, mm-hmm. right? The tomato didn't just get up and leave South America and, and travel around the world. It took people to do that. But right. look at what an impact that one food has had on cuisine right. all over the world, right? This was also really evident in episode 40 on the intangible taste sense of umami as experienced with Worcestershire Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) Listen to the episode. We tell you how to say that word. (laughs) Yes. Or Vietnamese fish sauce. And in episode 51 on rice, we discovered how rice agriculture traveled across the Pacific to the United States, particularly the West Coast. Those were really rich moments for me in education and research because it was, I could see it. I could picture how these things were moving around as people brought their favorite snacks and foods and their comfort foods. It all goes back to, I think, one of our first episodes ever. Right. Talking about the power of comfort food. No one's going to bring broccoli because they're like, I got to bring it because, you know, I'm supposed to eat my greens. People brought dumplings with them through the trade routes in Europe and Asia because they liked it. Mm -hmm. They wanted to keep eating it. And in that vein, I'm going to return to the concept of memory and how food can help us memorialize and honor our ancestors. So one of my still favorites is episode 52, Edible Bones and Sugar Skulls, where we took a real serious look and fun look at the two of the most festive foods of Los Muertos, Sugar Skulls and Panda Muerto. And these two food traditions, to me, epitomize that powerful connection that food has in matters of life and death. You cannot separate the human existence and food we have to eat. Right. We figured out all kinds of ways to do that beyond just giving nutrition to ourselves Mm -hmm. and to our families. It transcends all that. So every year I just find more and more reason, more and more occasions for us to get together and find and share these stories. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was just how interconnected our food cultures and heritage really are. Just like you were saying, 
I feel like we have allowed ourselves to be pulled apart as communities and a society by current affairs, by the media, by political affiliations. But I really feel heartened by the connections that we have discovered and talked about within the foods that we've researched. And again, going back to the dumpling series, which is a great example, every culture has a dumpling recipe or several recipes. And you can recognize the evolution of the different types based on the region, the religion, the time, but at the core, they share a sameness. And as we go into the holidays, I hope that as a nation and as a world, we can start to recognize and celebrate some of the sameness that we all share, whatever our proclivities. So from our home to yours, may this season be filled with introspection and celebration and bring you health, wellness, and many shared memories. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. So let's talk about our next season. We're really looking forward to bringing you some fresh stories and background about some of our favorites, both classics, ancient texts, modern books, as well as conversations with cookbook authors with interesting perspectives about food and how it affects culture and our everyday lives. It's going to be an exciting season. It's going to be jam-packed, so make sure to mark your calendars February 14th. For more information about today's episode, check out our website at asweeat.com. Follow us on Instagram at asweeat, and please join our family recipes, traditions, and food lore community on Facebook. And so you don't miss an episode, subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you could spare a couple of minutes to rate the podcast on Apple Podcast, Podchaser, or Spotify, we would be so appreciative. Good reviews lead to an increased visibility, and it allows us to share more stories with you. We also publish the As We Journal on Substack. We would be so honored if you would support us by becoming a subscriber. We take tasty side trips through vintage recipes, community cookbooks, dish discoveries, and travel stops. There are three subscription tiers, and we're sure you'll find one that's perfect for you at asweeat.substack.com. You've been listening to the As We Eat podcast, part of our curiosity-driven project serving up how food connects, defines, and inspires by blending a bit of research with a dash of humor. Bye.